0: Hello folks and welcome to the podcast. It's new episode time. You've got some jokes and some vocabulary explanations coming up in this episode. Before we get started properly, just let me remind you that if you're looking for some one-to-one lessons, some private lessons with a teacher on a regular basis, you could check out British Council English Score Tutors. Uh, you can arrange like basically one-to-one lessons with teachers online from the comfort of your own home. You can work on all manner of English skills and systems, you know, your pronunciation, your speaking and things like that. And uh, the cool thing is that basically you can have a trial session with them. So you'd meet a teacher, maybe have some conversation, maybe have a few errors corrected or something. You'd have a sort of a trial and that costs just $1 and there's no strings attached. If you like the service, you can go on to buy some lessons. But otherwise, if you don't fancy it, you can just move on. All right, so a trial lesson for just $1. And if you do buy some lessons, uh, uh, they will throw in a free lesson to you just because you listen to my podcast. Okay, to get the details and to sign up and stuff, just go to teacherluke.co.uk slash English. And that would be a good idea. Okay, let's get the episode started. And here we go. You're listening to Luke's English Podcast. For more information, visit teacherluke.co.uk. Hello, everybody. Welcome to this new episode of Luke's English Podcast. Hello, listeners. Hello, video viewers. It's quite early as I'm recording this, so I'm still slightly sleepy, just kind of rubbing the sleep from my eyes. But anyway... Welcome to the show. How are you doing today? I hope you're doing well. Um, So today I'm going to tell you some jokes I found on a website called Bored Panda. That's boredpanda.com, which is a place for memes and funny things in general. So I'm going to tell you some jokes I found there. Most of these jokes are based on wordplay, homophones probably. That's when two words sound the same, but they're different. So most of these jokes are based on wordplay, which is normal in jokes, of course. Or they are just moments in language when one thing can sound like something else. So either two words that sound the same, or maybe two phrases or moments when words go together and they end up sounding like something else. So basically, these, these are, for the most part, these are jokes in which little ambiguities in the language can result in multiple possible meanings. So I've selected 22 jokes and I'm going to read them to you now. How many can you understand? And keep listening because I'm going to explain them all and break down all the language. Uh, So, yes, there will be vocabulary for you to pick up from this. We're going to look at homophones, words that sound the same, but they're different. Uh, You'll understand all the double meanings and you will understand all the jokes fully by the time this episode is finished. So, of course, I have to say this again before I explain jokes. I have to say that explaining a joke is like dissecting a frog. Uh, you understand it better, but the frog dies in the process. I say that every time I explain jokes. Basically, what that means is that um, there's a chance that you won't find any of these funny. And that means also after I've explained them. Obviously, with humour and jokes, you need to understand them instantly. And it's the instant recognition of a double meaning or something like that, that causes laughter. It has to be instant, which is very difficult for learners of English because obviously sometimes it takes you more than an instant to understand something. So first of all, it it, it requires instant understanding to get a joke. And the problem is that if you have to explain a joke and break it down, then the, the joke dies in the process. So there's a good chance that none of these jokes will be funny either at the beginning or at the end. But even if that is the case, then at least you'll learn some vocab and hopefully this will be an interesting uh, experience for you. So uh, if you don't laugh, that's all right, that's that's fine. Let's look at this as a learning experience as much as um, as a bit of entertainment. So here we go. Let's start. Stage one, uh, I'm going to read all the jokes to you one by one. Can you understand all the jokes? And by the way, there's, there is a video version of this uh, on YouTube if this recording goes goes alright without any technical problems. There should be a video version of this on YouTube which you can uh, watch as well. And there you'll see all of the jokes written on the screen and other notes and things uh, for you to read with me. So, stage one, can you understand all the jokes? 22 jokes. I'm just going to read them one after the other. Let's see how many you understand. I'll break them all down and explain them afterwards. Okay, so here we go. You're not you're not completely useless. You can always serve as a bad example. You're not completely useless. You can always serve as a bad example. I took the shell off my racing snail, thinking it would make him run faster, but if anything it made him more sluggish. I took the shell off my racing snail, thinking it would make him run faster. If anything it made him more sluggish. Apparently, someone in London gets stabbed every 52 seconds, the poor bastard. Someone in London gets stabbed every 52 seconds, the poor bastard. Someone stole my Microsoft office and they're going to pay. You have my word. Someone stole my Microsoft office and they're going to pay. You have my word. I tried to catch fog yesterday. Missed. I tried to catch fog yesterday. Missed. <laughs> working in a mirror factory is something I can totally see myself doing. Yeah, working in a mirror factory, that's something I can totally see myself doing. What did the pirate say when he turned 80? What did the pirate say when he turned 80? He said, I'm 80. Why do crows wear bells? Crows? No. Why do cows wear bells? Because their horns don't work. Why do cows wear bells? It's because their horns don't work. Yeah. (laughs) I came up with a new word yesterday. Yeah, plagiarism. Came up with a new word, plagiarism. A hot blonde orders a double entendre at the bar and the bartender gave it to her. A hot blonde orders a double entendre at the bar and the bartender gave it to her. How do you think the unthinkable? And Mike Tyson would say, with an iceberg. How do you think the unthinkable... And Mike Tyson's response, with an (laughs) iceberg. Next, light travels faster than sound. And that's why some people appear bright until you hear them speak. Light travels faster than sound. That's why some people appear bright until you hear them speak. I have a split personality, said Tom, being frank. I have a split personality, said Tom, being frank. This is number 20. I renamed, is it number 20? I don't know. I renamed my iPod the Titanic. So when I plug it in, it says the Titanic is sinking. I renamed my iPod the Titanic. So when I plug it in, it says the Titanic is sinking. Next. It's hard to explain puns to kleptomaniacs because they always take things literally. (laughs) It's hard to explain puns to kleptomaniacs because they always take things literally. Hmm. Two windmills are standing in a wind farm. One of them asks, what's your favourite kind of music? And the other one says, I'm a big metal fan. Maybe I should say that the other way. Two windmills are standing in a wind farm. One of them asks, what's your favourite kind of music? And the other one says, I'm a big metal fan. Probably only wor- it works best in print rather than being read out, that one, because there's two ways of saying it. Next, I can't believe I got fired from the calendar factory. All I did was take a day off. I can't believe I got fired from the calendar factory. All I did was take a day off. The man who survived pepper spray and mustard gas is now a seasoned veteran. The man who survived pepper spray and mustard gas is now a seasoned veteran. I went, to, uh, I went to the shops. I went to buy some camouflage trousers yesterday, but I couldn't find any. I went to buy some camouflage trousers yesterday, but I couldn't find any. And what do you call the wife of a hippie? What do you call the wife of a hippie? Well, a Mrs. Hippie. What do you call the wife of a hippie? A, Hi- a, a Mississippi. Mississippi. Okay, how many do we have left? Let's have a quick look. Okay, we just got two left. Okay, so this is the penultimate joke. Sleeping comes so naturally to me, I could do it with my eyes closed. Sleeping comes so naturally to me, I could do it with my eyes closed. And finally, police were called to a daycare centre where a three-year-old was resisting arrest. Police were called to a daycare centre where a three-year-old was resisting arrest. Hmm. So, there you go. 22 jokes. How many did you understand, I wonder? Now then, how many did you find funny? Maybe you understood them, but you're like, "Mm, I understood that, but I didn't really find it funny. Thank you very much. Or maybe you think you understood it, but you didn't. I don't know. But whenever I do these episodes about jokes... And I look at the comments. There's always some people who have no idea of what the joke is. And whoosh, it goes flying over their heads. They think they've understood it, but they haven't. I mean, obviously, the Russian joke is a good example of that. I got an email from someone saying, what are you saying about Russian people? Are we always rushing into places? I'm like, no, 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 no. It's just the word rushing and Russian sound, sound the same. Oh, God. I'm explaining the Russian joke again. How did this happen? Anyway, how many jokes did you understand? How many did you find funny? So, stage two. Let's move on to stage two. This is where you understand the double meanings and the vocabulary. This is dissecting the frog. So, let's, let's go through those jokes and dissect them one, one by one. There will be vocab here, which I will recap at the end of the episode two. Okay. So, the first joke was, you're not completely useless. You can always serve as a bad example. So, the phrase to look at here would be, to serve as a bad example okay, to serve as a bad example. So, you know, you've got a good example or a bad example. Uh, For children, um, if, you know, children need an example, a good example, so they know uh, what kind of behaviour is appropriate, they know the right way to do things. So, maybe they might use their father as a good example. So, if you are the father of the child, you have to behave in the right way, you have to provide a good example. Someone who's hardworking, polite, does the right things, you know, a good example for the children but also someone can serve as a bad example. Like, this is, look at at this, kids. This is what you shouldn't do. Okay, so that's someone who serves as a bad example, someone who provides an example of what you shouldn't do. So, I mean, if you say to someone, you're not completely useless, maybe someone feels bad, and you say, "No, no, you're not completely useless. You can always serve as a bad example. So, it's not, it's not really a nice thing to say. Um, trying to make someone feel better by saying that you're not completely useless and then saying you could always serve as a bad example. It's kind of ironic, isn't it? It's ironic, really. There's no homophone here, really. It's more just irony. Um, the idea that serving as a bad example um, is the sort of thing that, that can make a person feel uh, useful. But it's it's still negative, isn't it? Yeah. So the, the phrase here to learn is to serve as a bad example. Next uh, joke. I took the shell off my racing snail, thinking it would make him run faster. If anything, it made him more sluggish. So this is the punchline. It made him more sluggish. And sluggish is probably the, the word that you need to know here. I mean, snail, you know, I suppose you know what a snail is. A snail is a, what is it? It's a mollusk with a soft body, eyes that stick out on little sort of um, tendrils, Um, and uh, they've got a hard shell. Well, I mean, it's, you know, it's not that hard. You can crush it if you stand on it by accident. Horrible, that, isn't it? Anyway, they've got a shell, and if um, they feel threatened, they can sort of reduce into their shell. So anyway, these are snails. They go very slowly. But there are, actually, there are racing snails out there. Maybe in your country, some people do actually race snails and you get large ones that go fairly quickly. Anyway, I took the shell off my racing snail thinking it would make him run faster. If anything, it made him more sluggish. I actually like this joke, I think it's a good one. So, sluggish, the word sluggish, sluggish is a bit like how I feel first thing in the morning. I'm a bit like uh, everything goes very slowly my brain doesn't move very quickly. Uh, I feel like physically, uh, I feel a bit slow and heavy. So this is sluggish. So maybe if you've had a nap and you wake up, you might feel a bit sluggish immediately after having your nap. Uh, so sluggish sort of means slow, um, slow to respond, um, not, not very fast, maybe a bit sort of like kind of cloudy in your mind as well. Um, okay. So that's sluggish. So so the double meaning here is also, so you've got a snail, which is a, a creature, an animal, and also there's another kind of animal called a slug. And a slug is essentially a snail, but with no shell. So the double meaning is the fact that there is a, an animal called a slug, and there's also an adjective, which is sluggish, which means kind of slow and slow to respond to things. So if if you take the shell off a snail to make it go faster, but actually it went, it became sluggish because it kind of did become sluggish because a snail without a shell is essentially a slug. So removing the shell, from, the shell from the snail to make it go faster made it more sluggish. It made it more like a slug. Ah. And it somehow made it slower. Still not a bad joke, but the, the word here is sluggish, to feel sluggish, to be a bit sluggish, maybe first thing in the morning. Okay, how are you getting on? Are you understanding these jokes? As I said before, maybe you're like, "Mm, mm not very funny, not, not, you know, not very funny according to my sophisticated uh, tastes," is what you might be thinking. But at least you're learning some vocab. Serve as a bad example to feel sluggish or to be sluggish. Next joke. Apparently someone in London gets stabbed every 52 seconds. Now, when you hear that, the idea is it's it's a statistic. Which seems to suggest that a different person, you know, a different person every 52 seconds gets stabbed, that stabbings happen every 52 seconds. Now, London is known for having knife crime, that there's a lot of knife crime in London. It's not like the, the United States where there are lots of guns. I mean, there are some guns in London too. But in America, obviously, you know, it's famous for its gun crime. But London is, is fairly famous for knife crime between gang members who stab each other and stuff. It's terrible. So that statistic is not um, not unsurprising that someone gets stabbed every 52 seconds in London. But that sentence could have... That's slightly ambiguous because it could mean not just that different people get stabbed every time, but it sounds like it's just one person. It's the same person getting stabbed every time. Someone in London gets stabbed every 52 seconds, the poor bastard. To get stabbed... Uh, Stab to stab someone is to, you know, um, put a knife into their body. It's terrible, it, it will kill someone. To get stabbed is when someone poof, stabs you with a knife. Ech. Apparently, someone in London gets stabbed every 52 seconds. The poor bastard. The poor bastard is the sort of thing you might say uh, in sympathy for someone. You know, like maybe someone who gets stabbed every 52 seconds. Oh, the poor bastard. Okay, moving on. Someone stole my Microsoft Office and they're going to pay. You have my word. So Microsoft Office, of course, is this package of, uh, you know, different types of software from Microsoft, including Microsoft Excel, Microsoft PowerPoint, and Microsoft Word, so the, the the phrase here is "you have my word." Now, if if you say "you have my word," it means I promise, I promise that I'm going to do it. You have my word, okay? So, for example, I'll you know I'll bring the money tomorrow at six p.m. You have my word, but that's got that could mean two things, couldn't it? It could mean you have my word, like I've promised, but also it could mean you have my Microsoft Word software package because you stole my Microsoft Office. Someone stole my Microsoft office and they're going to pay. You have my word. I quite like that one. Uh, Next, I tried to catch fog yesterday. Mist. So mist is the homophone. It's got, it sounds like two things. So fog, do you know what fog is? Fog is cloud, which is kind of on the ground. So if you're driving, it's very dangerous to drive when there's fog. It's essentially like driving through cloud, and you have to put the fog light on on your car, which is a bright red light on the back of the car. So that's fog. Cloud on the ground. Oh, very foggy. Ugh. So that's fog. And mist, M-I-S-T. Mist is, a, is another word, uh, obviously, uh, which is similar to fog. So mist is like fog, but it's thinner. You might find mist Uh, hanging over the surface of a pond of water in the morning. That's mist. You might see mist rising up from the fields in the morning as the moisture warms up uh, in the sunlight and evaporates. That's mist. So it's like fog, but it's a bit thinner. So it's kind of similar to fog in the same sort of family as fog, the fog family. I tried to catch fog yesterday, mist. So the, the other possible word that sounds like mist is, of course, mist, meaning I missed the fog. S E D. So I tried to catch fog yesterday, but couldn't. I tried to catch fog, but couldn't catch it. I missed. <laughs> I told you. I told you that dissecting the joke would kill it. But anyway, it's quite cute. I tried to catch fog yesterday. Mist. I mean, it doesn't really make sense, does it? But Somehow it works because of the double meaning of the word mist. <laughs> okay, moving on. Let's have the next joke. Working in a mirror factory is something I can totally see myself doing. Working in a mirror factory, a factory that produces mirrors. You know what mirrors are, of course, don't you? I don't have a mirror in this room. But if you need to, I don't know, put on makeup or something, you need to look in the mirror. If you're putting on a tie, Before you go to work, you need to look in the mirror. If you're doing your hair or whatever, you need to look in the mirror. So a mirror, a reflective thing that you might have in your bathroom. Working in a mirror factory is something I can totally see myself doing. So the phrase here is to see yourself doing something, right? So I don't know if you're trying to work out what kind of career you want to have or you're trying to work out what job to apply for, you'd think about it and think, can I see myself doing that? And if you can imagine yourself doing that thing, for example, or, you know, being a teacher, I just can't see myself doing it, for example. Or uh, for me, it would be like, what, working in business, like working, working in sales, business sales is just not something I can see myself doing. I just can't imagine. I can't really imagine doing that. I can't imagine myself doing that. I can't see myself doing it. Okay. So working in a mirror factory is something I can totally see myself doing. That's good. I like that joke because literally you could see yourself doing it as you are, you know, preparing the mirrors. You can see yourself doing it literally. So working in a mirror factory is something I can totally see myself doing. I think that's good. That's maybe my favourite joke so far. Okay, let's move on. What did the pirate say when he turned 80? So to turn 80 obviously means to become 80 years old. A pirate, you know, I suppose, you know, eye patch, parrot on the shoulder, weird hat, one wooden leg. Arr! And that's what pirates say, isn't it? Arr! Arr, I'd be a pirate! They've got like a special way of speaking. I. I is a sort of a pirate thing. It means yes, yes and matey matey they call each other mate or matey so that's other pirates who live and work on the ship the pirate ship that they live on is that a job being a pirate i suppose so anyway other pirates on the boat on the ship they call them mate or matey ah matey i matey is something that a pirate might say i matey yeah come on mate but I matey, I spelt A-Y-E, which is a sort of, um, I guess, a colloquial way of saying yes in English. And matey, I matey, I, I, A-Y-E for I also sounds like I, like I am. And matey, if you put them together, I matey, it sounds like I am 80, doesn't it? I'm 80. i matey. That's what he said when he became 80, on his 80th birthday. aye matey all right not the strongest one in the pack let's move on why do cows wear bells because their horns don't work this is a pretty cheesy joke like a really cheesy dad joke the sort of thing you would find in a christmas cracker or some terrible joke book why do cows wear bells because their horns don't work um so horns this is probably where the double meaning is horns so um one meaning of a uh, uh, of horns are things that cows have on their heads. Certainly bulls have them on their heads. These sharp things that stick out of the heads of a, that stick out the head of a cow or a bull. Normally bulls. Those are horns. But also the double meaning of the word horn. Horn is a, also a musical instrument. Right? A trumpet is a kind of a horn. Uh, so why do cows wear bells? Because their horns don't work. So uh, see what they've done? They flipped it bells are, you know, things that cows wear around their necks and they jingle and jangle and clang, I guess, so that, you know, people know where they are and stuff. But why do cows wear bells? Because their horns don't work. Hmm. Horns on their heads, but horns like trumpets. That's terrible, isn't it? Let's move on. I came up with a new word yesterday, plagiarism. So, to come up with something is to think of something new, right? To create something, invent something, or think of something new. In this case, I came up with a new word yesterday, and the word is plagiarism. So the, 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 the hilarious irony of this joke is the fact that the word plagiarism means when you basically steal someone else's idea, when you copy or steal someone else's idea. For example, at university, this is a very important thing, right? Any of you who went to university, I suppose you were taught about the dangers of plagiarism, that when you're writing an essay, you have to properly reference all the things that you're writing. So if you've taken someone else's words or someone else's ideas, that you have to make sure that you reference those things. So you put them in quotes and put a reference, the name of the author and the date or whatever, or you, you have to paraphrase anything that you've quoted and probably write a reference as well. And if you don't do that, you're essentially stealing other people's ideas or stealing other people's words. And this is called plagiarism. Another example of plagiarism would be just copying someone else's essay. That's plagiarism. Or maybe uh, claiming that you've invented a new word when in fact the word already existed and was invented by someone else. Not that words are invented, but you get the idea. So I came up with a new word yesterday, plagiarism. So the irony being that plagiarism means when you steal someone else's idea. So um, this person didn't create a new word because plagiarism already existed. How ironic. Isn't it ironic, don't you think? Does it make you think of that song by Alanis Morissette? And isn't it ironic? It's like, no, it's not really ironic. Anyway, that's another story for another time. Ironic by Alanis Morissette. I should do a podcast episode about that song because it's hilarious. Let's move on. So, a hot blonde orders a double entendre at the bar, and the bartender gave it to her. Okay, this is slightly sexist, sexy, sexist joke. A hot blonde, this is a hot blonde girl, I assume. Um, Normally, that's what that means. A hot blonde would be a, uh, a blonde female human who is sexually appealing. She orders a double entendre at the bar. Now, a double entendre sounds like a cocktail, but it's not. A a double entendre is a comment which could have a sexual meaning. All right. For example, the bartender gave it to her. That's a double entendre because it it could mean that he gave her the drink, but to give it to her could also mean that he he had sex with her. That's a double entendre, a thing that means two things and that one of those meanings is sexual or a bit rude. So uh, you know, if she uh, if she ordered a drink from me, I'd certainly give it to her. For example, as a sexist-sounding double entendre, so a hot blonde orders a double entendre at the bar, and the bartender gave it to her. Ha ha ha! Ha ha ha! Next, (laughs) how do you think the unthinkable? And Mike Tyson would say with an iceberg. So Mike Tyson is famous. I don't know if you know this. Mike Tyson is kind of famous for kind of speaking like this. He has a—it's called a lisp. A lisp, l-i-s-p. Lisp is a an ironic word, isn't it? Because if you have a lisp, it's difficult to say the word lisp because you end up saying lisp. Um, hmm, that's a bit unfair, isn't it? Uh, sorry, what did you say? Sorry, I have a lisp. You have sorry, you have a what? A lisp. Oh, a lisp. Mm, It's not fair to make fun of people who have lisps or other speech impediments, of course, unless they're they're Mike Tyson, then it's it's fine, because he could always come and just punch me in the face, couldn't he? Anyway, how do you think the unthinkable? To think the unthinkable is a phrase. It means to, you know, think of something that is impossible to think of, or to do the undoable, um, right? Uh... To, to explain the unexplainable and to think the unthinkable. But Mike Tyson would say with an iceberg. So <laughs> an iceberg, meaning an iceberg. So Mike Tyson thinks that we're talking about the Titanic. How do you sink the unsinkable and with an iceberg? How do you think the unthinkable with an iceberg? Are you getting any of these jokes? Are you? You are? Are you finding any of them funny? Yes? Let me know in the comment section, A, if you get any of the jokes or how many of the jokes you got the first time round. And secondly, in the comments section, you can tell me which ones are your favourite jokes or if there's one particular joke that you like more than the others. Okay? All right, let's carry on. By the way, so an iceberg, just in case you don't know, the Titanic, that ship that they said was unsinkable, and it really sank in a really big way. It hit an iceberg. An iceberg is a big block of ice that floats in the in the ocean. So the Titanic, they said it was unsinkable, but it hit an iceberg. How do you think the unthinkable with an iceberg? Mm-hmm-hmm. Let's move on. Light travels faster than sound. That's why some people appear bright until you hear them speak. Okay, light travels faster than sound. This is a, a fact, isn't it? A scientific fact in physics... We know that light travels faster than sound. That's why when someone is uh, a long way away or when you're watching a football match and the person is on the other side of the field and they kick the ball, you see the ball move and then you hear the thump of the ball being kicked. That's because the light travels faster than the sound. So light travels faster than sound. And that is why some people appear bright until you hear them speak. (laughs) So bright, bright meaning clever, intelligent, intelligent. Right, that's what bright means. It's you know, clever. Light travels faster than sound. That's why some people appear bright. They look intelligent until you hear them speak because <laughs> the appearance travels faster than sound. All right. Okay, that's enough time on that one. Any more explaining and the, the the joke will just be dead forever. I have a split personality, said Tom, being frank. I like that. To be frank, Frank means honest and sincere and straightforward and uh, straight to the point. Honest. Brutally honest. I have a split personality, said Tom, being Frank. (laughs) Frank is also a person's name. So if you are Frank, it sounds like you are being someone else. So I have a split personality, said Tom, being Frank, meaning, said Tom, being honest. But it sounds like he's being two people at the same time. It's because he's got a split personality. Mm hmm. Next, I I renamed my iPod the Titanic, another Titanic themed joke. I renamed my iPod the Titanic. So when I plug it in, it says the Titanic is sinking. I like this joke a lot. The Titanic is sinking. So sinking is the uh, homophone here, because sinking could mean synchronising. Meaning, like updating, you know, like the way when you when you had an iPod. Does anyone have any iPod? Does anyone have iPods anymore? Anyway, when we had iPods, we would connect them to our computers, and they would sync. Meaning, the the music on the computer and the music on the on the iPod would kind of match up together, synchronize, syncing. And when you when you plug in your iPod, it my iPod used to say Luke Thompson's iPod is syncing. Or Luke Thompson's iPod, syncing. S-Y-N-C, sync. That kind of sync. Synchronising. So if you name your iPod the Titanic and you plug it in, it will say the Titanic is syncing. But that's, this is just syncing, S-Y-N-C-I-N-G, and syncing, S-I-N-K-I-N-G, meaning Uh, going down to the bottom of the ocean. Ha, ha, ha. The iPod, the Titanic is sinking. Ha, 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 ha. Next, it's hard to explain puns to kleptomaniacs because they always take things literally. Okay, so there's, this is, it's important the way that this punchline is, is delivered. I'll explain that in a second. First of all, I need to tell you what puns are. Some of you know, a pun is a word joke. Like all of these things, most of these things are puns that we're dealing with here. It's hard to explain puns to kleptomaniacs. A kleptomaniac is someone who compulsively steals things. They take things impulsively and they can't stop. That is someone who steals things all the time. They take things all the time. That's a kleptomaniac. So, for some reason, it's hard to explain puns or jokes to kleptomaniacs because they always take things literally. Because they always take things literally. So, to take something literally is when you take something on face value. Um, I'm trying to think of a good example. Uh, huh. So, okay. So, if I said, if I said to you, "Oh yeah, I uh, I renamed my uh, um, iPod the the Titanic." So when I plug it in, it says the Titanic is sinking, and the person goes. It's a strange name to, to give your iPod, isn't it? The Titanic. The Titanic's the name of a boat, not not an iPod. And it's like, no, no. So when I plug it in, it says the, 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 the Titanic is sinking. <laughs> Get it? It's like, but an iPod doesn't sink. It's not like that. Anyway, uh, you know, they're like, no, no, don't take it literally. It's just, <laughs> it's just a joke. So to take something literally is to take something on face value without appreciating the other meaning in the background, to take it literally, just take everything literally, take it all on face value, and to take things literally, meaning steal things. They literally steal things. That means when you say literally, when you add it on at the end of a sentence like that, it means I mean what I say. I'm not being idiomatic. I'm not being illustrative or something. Um, I mean exactly what I say. Like it's, you know, kleptomaniacs, they just, they take things literally. They steal them. Huh. So they take things literally, and they take things literally. You see, those two phrases, same words, different meanings. It's hard to explain puns or jokes to kleptomaniacs because they always take things literally. i mm-hmm. will be surprised if you all got that one. Moving on. I love this joke. But again, pronunciation is important. Um, Sort of sentence stress is important here. Two windmills are standing in a wind farm. So windmills are these large things that spin round. Um, Traditionally, windmills are made of wood and they have these large um, blades that turn. Like uh, the Netherlands is famous for its windmills. They use wind to turn these big, blades that then turn a mechanism inside the mill, which probably helps to make flour for bread or whatever. These days, windmills are much more uh, high tech and they're very tall. They are white and they have these tall white blades. Sometimes you find these wind farms in the sea or maybe in the countryside, large white windmills. So two windmills are standing in a wind farm. One asks, what's your favourite kind of music? And the other one says, I'm a big metal fan. So you could say, I'm a big metal fan, meaning I'm a big fan of metal music, you know, heavy metal. I'm a big metal fan, which means I like metal music. And I'm a big metal fan means I am a big fan made of metal. So that's why I said it it works best in print. Because if you, you know, you can say that in two different ways depending on how you say it, you kind of lock in a certain meaning. So I'm a big metal fan means I'm a big fan made of metal. And I'm a big metal fan means I like metal music. Um, So there's the double meaning anyway. What kind of music do you like? Oh, I'm a big metal fan. I'm a big metal fan. I'm a big metal fan. Hmm. (laughs) Next joke. I can't believe I got fired from the calendar factory. All I did was take a day off. To get fired is when you lose your job. That you do something wrong, and the boss goes, "Right, I'm sorry. You've got to go. Get your coat. You're fired. Get out." Uh, I can't believe I got fired from the calendar factory. Um, A calendar factory would be a factory that makes calendars. You know, that show the days of the uh, the days in each month: January, February, March, April, May, June, and so on. All the days. This is a calendar. I got fired from the calendar factory. Why? Well, I took a day off. So that's got a double meaning to take a day off. Take a day off normally means when you don't go to work for a day. Maybe you're sick or maybe you're having a holiday or something. You take a day off. Uh, but also if, in the calendar, if you take a day off, if you take a day off the calendar, then you're reducing the number of days in that month or year by one, which obviously is going to ruin or spoil the calendar. So that's, you can't do that. You can't just remove a day from a calendar because that's going to ruin the calendar. So maybe if you did take a day off the calendar, you might get fired or punished. It seems a bit harsh though, isn't it? But so take a day off the calendar and take a day off, meaning take a rest. I can't believe I got fired from the calendar factory. All I did was take a day off that means take a rest. All I did was take a day off. Means I removed a day from the calendar. So another one where several possible interpretations based on the pronunciation. Can't believe I've got fired from the calendar factory. All I did was take a day off and stay in bed. All I did was take a day off. Mm -hmm. All right, then every single frog completely dead uh, on my tabletop here. 22 frog carcasses. <laughs> Why did the frogs have to die, Luke? Why did the frogs have to die? For they were sacrificed for, for the, to the gods of learning English. Next, the man who survived pepper spray and mustard gas is now a seasoned veteran. So the, the thing to learn here is the collocation, a seasoned veteran okay? So, if you're a veteran, it means you're someone who has experience of doing things. Normally, it's relating to soldiers in the army, and a veteran soldier is a soldier who has seen various conflicts and battles and fights and things. A veteran, a World War II veteran, okay? Um, Someone who's had lots of experience. Sometimes we use veteran for other things, for example, as a teacher, if I'm with some other teachers and, you know, like, oh, how long have you been teaching? Oh, three years. Only three years. Wow. Oh yeah. Luke's been teaching for 21 years now. He's a, he's a real veteran. Okay. And a seasoned veteran, this is a nice collocation. A seasoned veteran is someone who's had a lot of experience. It's just like a, another way of emphasizing the meaning of it. Not just a veteran, but a seasoned veteran, a veteran who's done many seasons. Okay, a seasoned veteran is just someone who's had a lot of experience of something. Okay, but also, seasoned could mean something else. If it's food, it's seasoned food has had salt and pepper and other herbs and spices put into it, it's been seasoned. So, a seasoned veteran, yeah, the man who survived pepper spray and mustard gas. So, he was sprayed with pepper spray. Ah, my eyes. He was given mustard gas which actually is something who has been used in war and now he's a seasoned veteran you see pepper and mustard mm, a seasoned veteran uh-huh okay moving on i went to buy some camouflage trousers yesterday but i couldn't find them i'd be surprised if anyone didn't get that joke camouflage Camouflage, these are, camouflage means a pattern which is there to help you blend into the background so people can't see you. For example, soldiers wear camouflage. It might be like green and brown patches to make it difficult for you to be seen. But if you are buying some camouflage trousers, because they're camouflaged, they might be difficult to see. I went to buy some camouflage trousers yesterday. I couldn't find any because they were camouflaged trousers and I couldn't see them. <laughs> Next, what do you call the wife of a hippie? And the answer is a Mississippi. <laughs> Mississippi is obviously a place in the United States of America, Mississippi. It's also a river, isn't it? And uh, what do you call the wife of a hippie? Mrs. Hippie. But yeah, Mrs. Hippie, when you put them together, sounds like Mississippi. That's it. I mean, it's, it's pretty poor as a joke because why would you call the wife of a hippie a Mississippi? You know, like the place. It's just that it sounds like Mrs. Hippie. Mrs. Hippie sounds like Mrs. Hippie. That's it. There's, it's not very clever. Sleeping comes so naturally to me, I could do it with my eyes closed. That is a nice joke. If you say that you can do something with your eyes closed, it means you can do it without really having to think or try. Oh, it's easy this. I could do it with my eyes closed. Podcasting is easy. I could do it with my eyes closed. Not true. Um, I don't know. What's another example? Yeah, pl- uh, playing darts is easy. I could do it with my eyes closed. Or, you know, writing these reports is dead easy. I could do it with my eyes closed. If you could do something with your eyes closed, it means it's easy. Also, if something comes naturally to you, it means, you know, you don't really need to try or learn. It's just naturally you're good at it. It comes naturally to me. I don't know, talking nonsense on a podcast, it just comes naturally to me. I could do it with my eyes closed. Sleeping comes so naturally to me, I could do it with my eyes closed. Ah, you see? Now you do sleep with your eyes closed, I suppose. I'd be surprised if you didn't. Like, just just wide open eyes. That would be strange, scary. Anyway, sleeping comes so naturally to me. It's so easy for me. I could do it with my eyes closed. Okay, you get the joke. Moving on. Police were called to a daycare centre where a three-year-old was resisting arrest. That may be my favourite joke of the lot. A daycare centre, this is a place where children are looked after a three-year-old, meaning a three-year-old child, a child who is three years old, a three-year-old child, a three-year-old. He was resisting arrest, so um, resisting arrest. So the, the 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 double meaning is on the phrase a rest and the word arrest. They sound the same, arrest and arrest. Okay, resisting arrest is something that might happen if some if the police want to arrest you for example, you've been caught shoplifting, stealing from a shop, maybe you're a kleptomaniac and you've been caught stealing. But if you resist arrest, it means you fight and you try to escape, which actually makes it more serious as a crime. So resisting arrest. And you could be charged for that in court. Um, but resisting a rest. A rest could be a little sleep or a nap or a doze and obviously three-year-old children often have a rest in the middle of the day. But sometimes, and I'm speaking from experience with my daughter, sometimes they don't want to have a rest and they'll refuse. And you try to put them down in bed, they keep getting up, they keep complaining, and they resist a rest. So police were called to a daycare centre where a three-year-old was resisting a rest. I quite like that because I like the image of... um, a child resisting, you know, refusing to go to sleep in the afternoon. And in that situation, it's normally quite frustrating and you feel a bit desperate. I like the idea of them calling the police. Yeah, uh, police, what seems to be the problem? Uh, Yeah, we've got um, a child here who just will not go to sleep. Okay, I see they're resisting arrest. We'll be there uh, as soon as possible. A three-year-old was resisting arrest. Okay, that's the last joke let's move on to stage four. Is it stage four or stage three? How many stages have we had? Stage one was listen to the jokes. Stage two was break them down. Yeah, so this actually should be stage three. What am I doing? Numbers. Anyway, stage three, recap the vocab. Let's have a look at that then. So I've got a list here of vocabulary. Let's see if you can just remember these things. It's important to recap vocab when you've learned it to serve as a bad example. All right. He served as a bad example to me growing up, you know, like, you know, my uncle was in prison a lot when I was a kid and he served as a bad example. Mhm. Sluggish. Feeling a bit sluggish this morning or maybe you're driving a car and say this car is so sluggish, you know, my foot is I've, pr- I've pressed my foot right down to the floor and it's still not speeding up. It's so sluggish this car. To get stabbed. <clears throat> oh, I've been stabbed. I hope there's something that you never have to say uh, to get stabbed like that. You have my word. I'm going to get revenge. I'll get you back. You'll pay. You have my word, meaning I promise. Um, fog. Fog, that when cloud is near the ground, it makes it very difficult to see, difficult to drive. Mist is like fog, but thinner. Uh, I can totally see myself doing that. So, Luke, uh, have you had any thoughts about your career, about your future? So, oh, I don't know, really. Uh, I think maybe, Luke, you should uh, scale it down a bit. How about working in a uh, in a mirror factory? Yeah, I, I could see myself doing that, yeah. Uh, or, like, um, I could never see myself... Um, well, I could never see myself um, working as a security guard at a nightclub. It's just, no, it wouldn't be my cup of tea. Um... I, matey. are uh, Shiver me timbers. Just the sorts of things that pirates say. I'm 80. Especially if they are 80 years old. Uh, horns. Horns, the things on the head of some animals. Cows. Bulls have horns. But horns, like a trumpet, double meaning. To come up with something. Come up with a new idea. Come up with a new concept for a podcast. A double entendre. A, a, something that could have a sexual meaning or a double meaning that's sexual. To give it to someone could mean literally to give something to someone. Here you go, here's a pencil. And then to give it to someone, meaning to have sex with someone. So that's a double entendre. To think the unthinkable. I think it's time we th- it's time to think the unthinkable. And I don't know what what it would be. We've got to. We're going to have to assassinate the queen. <gasps> what? To, un- to think the unthinkable. To be bright, very clever, bright, sharp. Bright, meaning clever and intelligent. Nice phrase. To be frank, meaning to be... Uh, let me be frank with you now. Can you not be just Luke? No, I want to be frank. Meaning to be honest, to be straightforward, to be sincere. To plug something in, to connect something, right? Um, a okay. Cable. As he says, trying to find a cable to so demonstrate. Can't seem to find anything. So here's a USB plug. And if you connect it to your computer, you plug it in. Not just plug it. It's my, my wife says that all the time. Can you plug my phone? Should be, can you plug my phone in? You've got to remember the in part. To sync, the iPod is syncing, but sync that's S-Y-N-C-H normally, and sync meaning go down in the water, S-I-N-K. I'll just add that here on the uh, screen. And uh, to take things literally. It's like, don't take it literally. It was just a joke. I didn't really mean it literally. Or to take things literally, meaning like literally to steal things. Uh, To take a day off, meaning to take a little holiday or a a day off sick. Um, A seasoned veteran. After over 750 podcasts and 21 years of teaching, uh, you could say I'm a seasoned veteran in this game. To do so, in fact, I've been doing it so long now, it's, it's like second nature to me. I could do this with my eyes closed. I wonder what it would be like podcasting with your eyes closed. It'd be very difficult to upload the episode and edit it. So actually, I couldn't do this with my eyes closed, <laughs> to be honest. To resist arrest... Um, you know, police were, were called to the bank and the robbers uh, were caught, but they resisted resisted arrest. Um, and in the end, they all got shot. Oh, dear. Um, okay. Ladies and gentlemen, that's it. That's, that's the end of this episode. I can't ramble or waffle any longer because in about 10 minutes, I'm due to have a conversation with with Martin Johnston from Rock and Roll English, the Rock and Roll English podcast. I'm recording an episode with him very soon, but I managed to get this one done before that. So anyway, at some point in the future, you'll be able to listen and hopefully watch me in conversation with um, Martin Johnston talking about stories and things. But in any case, there you go. That is the end of this episode. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, If you are watching on YouTube, don't forget to like and subscribe. Uh, Okay smash the like button, it seems, is the thing you're supposed to do. Uh, Download the Luke's English podcast app to get all of the episode archive, the entire archive on your phone, plus a bunch of uh, free app-only episodes, all of the phrasal verb episodes, some jingles and things, and also that's where you can get all of the premium content. And you can sign up to LEP Premium, by going to teacherluke.co.uk slash premium info. So, you can just get the app, Luke's English Podcast app. It's free. You can just get all the free stuff there. And if you want to get my vocabulary, grammar, and pronunciation uh, lessons, uh, then you can do that too. And I recently did one all about word families and parts of speech and word stress in different parts of speech. It was pretty good, I think. I think we got some real insights about how word stress changes across different parts of speech in a word family. And there's like loads of pronunciation and loads of vocab in there. So if you want to, you can just go to teacherluke.co.uk slash premium info. And if you become a premium Lepster for a very extremely competitive price, in fact, you could say I'm underselling myself. Uh, But for that very reasonable price, you can then become a premium Lepster and that unlocks all of the premium content when you log into the app with your premium login and then Bob's your uncle. You've got all that good, good premium content and there's tons of it now. Um, so, OK, there you go. Like and subscribe. Download the app. Sign up to NEP Premium. But uh, generally speaking, have a lovely day, morning, afternoon or night uh, and uh, stay calm uh, and carry on and uh, be excellent to each other, please. Okay, that's it for this one. Let me know in the comment section what you thought of those jokes. Did you find any of them funny? Did you get them? Uh, mm? How was it for you? How many did you understand? Let me know in the comments section. Thank you so much for listening to and maybe watching this episode of Luke's English Podcast. I will speak to you again soon, but for now it's just time to say goodbye, bye, 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 bye. Thanks for listening to Luke's English Podcast. For more information, visit teacherluke.co.uk. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen,